Welcome to the Moving Target. I'm your host, Ryan Christian. Joining me today is Jim Price from the Jim Price Show to discuss the Reawaken American Tour, which I had a really great time at, met some really amazing people. One of them is Jim Price, and I wanted to invite him on to discuss some really interesting discussions we had. And actually, that will be coming out through Pirate Stream, or really through this platform, but the upcoming Pirate Stream platform, uh, likely tomorrow. And you'll get to see that part of the conversation with uh, with uh, Courtney and, and uh, Scott and myself. But we had this great conversation about a lot of different things around the tour itself, but also some stuff that people have talked about, as many of you know, as sovereign citizens, but really some nuance around that conversation. And I'm really fascinated about that in general. So I wanted to invite him on to discuss that kind of insight, the, the rights that we don't know we have kind of a conversation and really just what else is going on in the world and, and see how he's doing today. How are you, Jim? Doing great, sir. Uh, oh, can you hear me? Uh, it's doing great, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, my, my voice is a little muted in the microphone or my headset, so sorry about that. No worries. Uh, yours is great, so don't worry about that. Um, anyway, no, I'm doing fantastic. I went ahead and drove back yesterday, had a full day of driving. And I tell you, folks, if you have not, honestly, just taken some time to drive across our country, not the 12 yeah. square miles you live in every single day where you go to the same place, do the same thing. I got to drive clear this, you know. No, just try drive. Just go for a drive. Head out on a Saturday. Drive six hours one direction and drive six hours back. It's a twelve-hour day. You guys will work a twelve-hour day, but you won't go drive. There's a lot of things about our country that we really miss, and I have enjoyed the travels I've done over the last year, year and a half, two years now, uh, where I've been to these events. I've been speaking at these events. I've been doing these things, and I'm gonna tell you, I've been in back and forth the east and west coast five times. I live in Kansas, which I Kansas, so I get to go that way and that way. Mm-hmm. I get to come back and I'm going to tell you folks, we have an amazing, an amazing, beautiful country and we miss so much because we're too glued to the phone in front of our face and we're worried about the shiny objects of life when life is around, all around us. I couldn't agree more. I, I'm so glad I, I moved to Tennessee a while back. And that's one of the things I really love about Tennessee is just even even in, in the city areas, you find these kind of sprawling, nice thing. It's just I, I agree. It's important to to get out there. And I often advocate for people to do what I, what's called grounding. You know, we're just, you know, bare feet right on the ground, connect Look, with the world. No, 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 that's perfect. That physicists have proven that grounding is essential for your body right. and they can't even measure the how fast the static is discharged from your body. Physicists cannot measure how ba- how fast the static is released from your body when you touch the earth. That's interesting. I actually just saw a Japanese study about the effects on the blood, actually. But mm-hmm. you're, so you're talking about the static since we brought it up. Wh- what does that mean exactly? Like, what's so, the benefit of that as far as you know? Well, let me let me give you. So I'm a I have a I have a, a engineering degree, um, I, and I have a a, bachelor, or a bachelor's degree in business management as well. And I've always been kind of that guy who wanted to ask certain questions. And I went did 18 years of high security design build for the Department of Defense. I was a defense contractor for 18 years, almost 18 years. And uh, I designed, built, and trained the military how to use their systems and the different things that they had to do in their day. Now, that being said, my qualifications, right? I always got to give you my resume so that everybody knows that I'm not. I should, have, I should have asked first. Bad interviewer. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> That's, this is what we do, right? We like, right. well, do you have any qualifications? Like a lot of the experts who have qualifications aren't experts, right? Exactly. So anyway, so in electricity, in our phone, in, our, in, the, in this cable for my, my microphone here, there are uh, – there's electricity, Mm-hmm. There's also static, you know, the little balloon effect on your head. That static is real. The static is in the air around us. That's why we have lightning. That's why we see uh, discharges in electrical devices. We see an outlet go, we hear that little noise. You see those discharges going on. Our body 
is absolutely what the matrix said is, you know, we're just a D cell battery. We are energy. We are vibration. We are frequency. And in reality, if you get down into what electricity is, it's actually frequency. But our bodies pick up static no different than when you reset your computer. Do you know when you reset your computer, when you unplug it from the wall and you mm-hmm. plug it back in, you're discharging the static. That's all you're doing. You're really not doing anything fantastic. You're just getting the static that builds up on the, on the different parts of the computer, the, the different little things inside of there. And so your body is the exact same, but you're, the earth the grounding, right? We ground our buildings, mm-hmm. we ground electronics, we ground those things. Well, why isn't our body the same way? Well, we put these rubber sole shoes on and we walk our entire life on fake, <laughs> fakeness and we never touch the earth. And that's why when you go to the beach or you get talk to a gardener or you talk to people who are doing things in the earth, they're like, man, I had such a great day today. I'm, my, my back's sore, but I really feel good. I was out in the garden all day and I just got so much done. And they mm-hmm. kind of have this peace about them. They kind of this, yeah, it was just a good day, you know, or you talk, oh, I was at the beach, I was laying there, I was in the water. Well, the water concentrates that static discharge and, and that healing mm-hmm. process as well. And then when you have the earthing, when you're digging your hands in there and you get the earth underneath your fingernails and you have your feet in there, it's exactly the same way. It gets Static can be measured in the same way you think of anxiety. Mm-hmm. You're having anxiety about things, you're having things that are bothering you. Going out there, just standing with your feet in the soil, just and I say in, you don't have to put them down in the dirt, but just mm-hmm. touching the grass, touching the soil, right? It, it it discharges that, and you'll find that you'll have a better peace of mind when you do those things. Very interesting. You mentioned the water part of that. I lived in Hawaii for a couple of years, and it's like this standing just consensus among everybody there that oh, you got a problem, go jump in the water, you'll feel better. The salt water. Is there a difference between the salt water versus the the you know fresh water in that regard? No. Well, not really. Not really at all, actually. Um, and here, let me give you something. What is the one thing that scientists tell us that we are? Salt water? We don't ingest enough salt in our diet. If you can taste salt in your food, you have not ingested enough salt in your diet. Salt is the very – what's the one thing that they give you in an IV? Salt water. Mm, right, Why? Right. Because it creates a process in your body for your cells to start communicating together and you start, you start feeling better almost immediately. Why do they have these IV stores you can go in and get an IV? Because it really works. We don't put enough salt in our diet. We don't put enough that in, in our body to actually function. So we have a cellular miscommunication because the salt is not there to be able to transfer the electricity. <laughs> no different than when you go to the lake or do a salt bath or to the ocean or to the Dead Sea. There's these different healing benefits to it because there's magnesiums and all these other things. Right. Uh, Epsom flakes have ep- uh, magnesiums in it that absorb through your skin. Uh, if you have a, a chicken who's not laying eggs, you can put them in an Epsom salts bath and they'll actually help uh, get their body to moving again and help them dislodge an egg that may be stuck um, because the magnesiums are there. there. There's just so many benefits to the world around us, but we run to chemistry that is not good for us. We run to the AMA, which is not good for us. Right. But we have these, I've just given you like five different things that can make your day and your life absolutely better by ingesting uh, salts like uh, Celtic salt. Celtic salt is amazing for your body. Uh, a little bit of Celtic salt uh, about four or five times a day on your tongue. It's a little crunchy, uh, a little bit wet because the magnesium's in it will make you so much healthier. <laughs> upping your salt intake, upping your fat intake, you will ch- you will lose weight by upping your salt and your fat intake immediately and staying away from vegetable oils. How interesting. It's exactly the opposite of what we've been told our entire lives, you know, even to this day. It's so interesting. So you you mentioned the AMA, which is which I think is 
it's you can literally map and mark the moment at which this thing flipped. I mean, it, you know, there was obviously more happening, but you mentioned, you know, the Flexner report, I'm sure you're aware of the AMA Rockefeller's Carnegie's the whole backstory, you yeah. know, where it's just went in this petrochemical direction. You know, it's just it, right. it, the question for everybody, though, should be today. I think then it's pretty clear that there was a choice made there, especially since Rockefeller used a, a natural path the rest of his life. But yeah. that whether these things were intentional to decrease our health or it was just sure. profit. Do you have a thought on that? Well, absolutely. So this ties into the secure party creditor, the sovereign citizen, the the journal, the, all these different words that are thrown out there. But the secure party creditor is actually probably the most complete process. And I've and I have some. I'm evolving my intellect in in this area. I, I'm not complete yet. I still think there's more I'm learning about the commercial universal commercial code and those things. Um, when we think back about how we got here from. Uh, the idea that they want us to shorten our lifespan. Well, you are, if I have a cow that's born and I know I can get them to market it at their peak value at this point, I'm not going to keep them another 12 years, even though the value stays the same. Hmm. I want to get you in and get you out because I've already made my money. I got you what I needed out of you. I don't need you having a, a I don't need you to be retired. I don't need you hanging around that causing me medical bills. I don't need you, you know, just eating food. I want you in and out. Well, the American Medical Institute, the Education Department, uh, Molly Hatchett, the Prohibition on Alcohol, was all Rockefeller Institutes. Uh, th- those are all his masterminds. We are living We are living right now in the cause and effect of a man who's been dead for over 100 years, and his, his decisions, his financial backing is still killing millions of people every single year, and nobody's calling it out. Now, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little bit of a, a – I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. By the way, I am getting ready to move to Tennessee. I don't know if you do that or not. Outstanding. Uh, yeah. So, uh, well, I, I, the bright John, uh, bright John as TV is bringing me out there to take over a evening, uh, primetime position. So I'll be going right. out we'll there. Have, we'll have to connect for something in person. That'd be great. Oh yeah, definitely. No, it was, and it was really great to meet you there as well. It was awesome to be a part of what was going on. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what was I just talking about? I was like about really something really cool and I don't want to lose it. Um, uh, we were talking about the AMA. We were talking about the Rockefeller Institute, and I was going to go somewhere. And I now I, and I did the Tennessee thing. I screwed. It's that. okay. I don't want to jump in because I feel oh. like that makes it worse sometimes. But <laughs> well, it's, it's but the AMA itself is is absolute and nefarious from the word go. There's you find out that the chemotherapy is actually on a commission base for doctors. You find right. out all these prescriptions we have is absolutely just. It's just breathtaking what we we're under, but like I said, if you want to get you in, get you out. We got to get you, got you, get you in. Be productive, kill you. Get you in, get you productive, kill you. That is the absolute process that we're under right now. Uh, the AMA is 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 the word is is horrible. We should not be looking to them for any answers. The education department, we should not be looking to them. Uh, the prohibition on alcohol. Why alcohol was demonized, taken away, and then all of a sudden now it's the only thing that's advertised on TV consistently. Right. Uh, the, the idea that cigarettes, tobacco is not an addictive product, but yet at the same time, oh, I know what it was I was going to talk to you about, nice. the AMA stuff. Uh, what if I told you right now that we all fight about, kill people, uh, bomb places, uh, spend more money on this one topic than any other political thing at all, but yet it is, and, and, and it's, I do not support it in any way. I'm going to say this a thousand times over and over again so everybody listens to me. I don't support it in any way whatsoever at any level, but I believe it's absolutely the shiny object that has got us paying attention to the wrong things is abortion. Mm-hmm. Abortion only affects 1% of our population, and I know that's 1% of our, 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 our population participates in abortion, 1%. But yet, 
a doctor, oops, kills almost a million people a year. A doctor, a physical doctor doing a procedure, oops, kills almost a million people a year, and nobody's protesting that. Now, yes, we're losing a million children to abortion every year, which is a full stop for me. That's absolutely no-go. But what I'm trying to point out is the AMA and the and the politics and all these things, we're killing people with vegetable oils by the tens of millions. And we're just it, we're and, and so the problem is you can look at diabetics, you can look at obesity, you can look at heart disease, you can look at all these things through vegetable oil, uh, depopulation through sperm count loss, uh, estrogen that kills off the eggs and the functionality of the child, uh, then the vaccines and all these other things mm-hmm. that are killing tens of millions of people a year. But we're going to fight about abortion to the nth degree. We'll go to jail or kill somebody because we're wanting them to stop doing it. But we got doctors who prescribe medications and do things to people that are absolutely destroying human beings off of this earth. Bill Gates has killed millions and millions of Africans, and nobody's calling him out for it because it's under medical tyranny. And yet when I say, hey, we need to focus on what's the real – I mean, we're stepping over a dollar to get to a dime when we're talking about abortion. When you right. think about the the amount of people that are that yes, there it's horrible. It's happening. Don't ever ever misquote me on that. Right. Look at what the AMA is doing to us right now. Look at what they did with this government chemical they put in these people's arms. Look right. what they're doing with all the different medical advice, the food pyramid, all the stuff that's killing us. So bad. It, it's I, and so for me, I'm like, guys, listen. You know, don't stop here, but go fight over here because we're losing we're losing who, the people that can help us in the fight to finish this. Right. 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 So can, does that make sense? Oh, I was going to say I wholeheartedly agree with you. I, and, and to your point to just say the same thing, it's obviously that's an important issue. The problem is that like I make the same argument, not that it's necessary. I don't. I mean, again, the same point, like I'm like, oh, should I? it's going to upset people like the trans conversation. Right. I mean, right. my point with that would say that, you know, there's a, a conversation to be had about people, people participate in it, but we're all fighting it. Right. Well, they, you know, people and their rights about their own body and so on. So there's a conversation to be had there. But the same right. point being that it represents a fraction of the population, but it overtakes a gigantic portion of our policy. And yeah. so it just needs to be, you know, there, there, we need to have some some. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's just not equivalent. Like it doesn't make sense. And well, put the put the this put the weight where it belongs. Put the yes. weight of your fight behind what is actually moving the needle. It, think about how fast we could turn around this country if we all fought against the AMA. Right. Right. Because like, yes. nobody's fighting. They're not fighting back right now. Right. So if we actually create the offense to go after the AMA, we could literally crush that entire process, which is where doctors come from that create abortions. Right. And I think the whole point is about picking the, the wedge issues that make sure we always divide. And we, I think we even talked about this briefly at, at the at the tours that ultimately these small issues are what make us forget. We don't point at the, the real culprit. And instead we point at each other and we nothing changes ultimately. You know, and this is this is kind of where I get into this point about one of the. Re- and by the way, if you want to get into this at all, we could talk about it. I really had a great time at the Reawaken America tour because I, I there's a lot of people there that really kind of a lot of people that I think saw through what I call the two party illusion, you know, the ultimate problem today, but when that's not necessarily the perception you might get by the outside discussion of it. And so it's just really nice to see that even though, you know, there's, there's nuance in everyone's conversation there. Right. But I think that that is good. You have, you have a comment? Well, yeah, I, the, the, I call it the establishment. 
Exactly. I, it's, established, exactly. it's not the left, or the right wing of the bird. It's the, it's the establishment. It's that shadow government. It's the, you know, like in uh, Peter Pan where he wants to attach his shadow to the toe. I mean, it's so right next to you. It's so close to you. You don't even realize that it's the guy who, who signed my no-knock warrant, the judge friend who I had, who I'd had coffee with for three years, probably three to five times a week at the same place, saw him, and I called him a friend, knew his kids, knew his grandkid, you know, all this kids, all this stuff. I knew him, right? The morning of my birthday, he signed the no-knock warrant on my house where the SWAT team was coming to raid my house. And he said, Jim, have a happy birthday. He knew at 10 a.m. they were going to raid my house. I was having coffee with him the morning he signed it. So when we talk about shadow government, we talk about how close the establishment is. They did not want me to win my election in a state Senate. This is back in 2016, guys, when nobody was having this conversation, when I kept telling people, listen, there's things going on, there's things going on. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you talking about, Jim? That doesn't make much sense. Like, yeah, it's real. But right. yet when we talk about that touch, we talk about the establishment, we're talking about the AMA, we're talking about all these, these government agencies and the FBI and the CIA and the NSA that's in, involved in all of our technology we have. We're not, we're not, we're, but we will fight to the, we'll, like I said, we'll kill people over the abortion, but we're not killing anybody over for taking away our freedoms right in front of our face. Hmm. Right. I mean, and, and this is, an, this, there's an interesting, you know, transition right there into the conversation that we were having the other day. So, you know, there's a lot of rights that we should be aware of that most people aren't aware of in this country. And there's a lot of different conversations to be had about whether or not the control structure, the matrix that's over us right now is largely an illusion and that we've been manipulated about, you know, many things, whether we're, you know, essentially owned by the government and so on. So can you touch on this general topic for me about the, you know, cause people know it as sovereign citizen, but that's not necessarily what we're good. Well, and, and that's, and you know, you're exactly right. The word sovereign, we need to, to be very careful because what they have done is they've weaponized words against us. And then we have to be mindful that words have meanings and depending on it, whether you want to look in the uh, black laws dictionary or the black laws dictionary right here, this is the 1950s version. I try to, I'm trying to find older versions so I can really make sure I have the printed version of what black laws dictionary is. Now, let me give you a reason why that's important. The Supreme court works under the black laws dictionary, all your courts of administration that your local jurisdictions work, work under nothing. They work under local ordinances and uh, policies. They're policy enforcers. Your police officers are policy enforcers. See how words have meanings? So when you know you start looking at that, this, and then you go, well, why are there black robe judges in our courtrooms? Well, that's an, that is a homage to the crown mm-hmm. where the black robe judges with their white powdered uh, wigs would then lord over us. They were the lords, right? They were the judges. They judged you, right? They're not the referees. But if you go to Black Law's Dictionary and you understand that they, we have a court of record, which is a tribunal, which is actually meant for us to be have a referee. It's a, our accuser, which the city, county, state, and the federal government cannot be a victim. According to the Supreme Court, 12 different times, they cannot be the victim. The city, county, state, and the federal government cannot be the victim. I'm saying this repeatedly because I want you to listen to this. But what is the first thing that you have when you've been charged with a crime? State of Kansas versus James Price. Mm-hmm. How can that be if the Supreme Court, who looks, works on the court of record, says no? Because they're they're that's their admir, admiralty court a court or a court of administration. Do you know that in, in admiralty court where you have the gold fringe flag? Do you know that that actually the most important person there is the court reporter or court the records keeper. They're the administrator of that court, not the judge. Hmm. Yeah, well, we, so, excuse me. Go ahead. 
No, no, I was going to say so on that first point right there, because <clears throat> so people that aren't familiar with this and myself included to a large degree, they might not understand why that makes sense. So what what is the the argument there for? So somebody's going to be in that position. But the argument is that they're I mean, that sounds like that it's just off the rails. Like, so they're literally doing the opposite of what's supposed to be allowed. So they, how do you come back from that? So, and why is that being allowed? So here's the thing. The, the reason it was allowed was because it was creeped in. And under 1871, our general grant, when we had gone bankrupt right after the Civil War, after having paid reparations with the acreage and the, and the mule and the boat rides to Haiti and all the where everybody wanted to go back. And let me go one more step into the Civil War. And this is where people get very, very sideways with uh, their history. They don't understand what history is. The Civil War was about individual state rights. Mm-hmm. You want to understand sovereignty. You want to understand what you know individual states are. You want to actually know where the Constitution allows you to stand. Understand that only 1% of the United States population ever owned a slave. Okay? And that only 2 to 3% of all of the slaves that came from the, the continent of Africa ever made it to America, that we had, we had a 10 to 1 ratio of Irish slaves to black slaves in America. Hmm. Now, when we go into the Civil War, the Civil War was fought over individual state rights. The southern states felt that they were not being heard in the proper way because their population density was not as great as it was around New York, where our capital was. Remember, the capital originally was in New York on Wall Street – which was a wall that was put up so the Dutch could keep themselves safe from the Native Americans. That Those stumps are still in the streets in New York on Wall Street. You can see the post in the cobblestone street right across from the New York Stock Exchange, right across from our U.S. Capitol. Now, because of the concentration of, of people in those areas allowed for those cities to then rule over the southern states where they felt like they, didn't, they weren't being heard in Washington, that they weren't being heard as a as a individual states, and when when Lincoln put us into the Federalist model, saying, "Listen, you will do as you're told, or I'll come down there and whoop your butt." Well, that's what screwed everything up, and so and, here we are. But and oh, and that, that was one of the important points I always point out in the in the flow of history, where arguably in the beginning, the there was a debate even in the, in you know in that very room outlining this country about whether it should be more centralized government versus not, you know, in this. And what's interesting is people argue that, you know, the, the, the envision we have of the Republic won out, but I I often wonder whether that was not really the case because we saw very quickly how it turned back into what is, what we still kind of pretend is what this country is not, which is a, you know, authoritarian kind of a state. And I think it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. that's, That's gaslighting. Right. So you believe that you are free, that you believe that your individual rights, you believe that your your constitution protects you and limits the government only because you kind of understand that. But they're not running the government that way because you don't hold them accountable. Right. They, they, it's like your kids. Like you tell them no, but they just do what they want. They're just a, they're just a crappy kid. They're they're a selfish little kid that does that, that, that they do what they as they please. Right. And, yeah, and apathy allowed this to continue to get worse. Right. The interesting point you made about the state's rights, and that's such an important point that people need to understand in history that, you know, and it doesn't mean that there was not same kind of it's it, that's that's interesting. It's the same kind of point you made in the beginning. Right. The slavery discussion is obviously important. And there was obviously something at some level that was involved in the conversation. But that's what get, it gets centered around. So you can't just realize that it was more so about people wanting to make their own choices, which is what this country is supposed to be based around. Emotional based con- uh, an emotional based uh, conversation or argument never has an end because it's emotional yes. based. If I tell you that it, in reality, it was never about slavery. It was never about that because the problem is slavery was already settled. The first man to actually sue to have anybody as a slave to maintain his ownership was a black man. 
So the problem is, is that when people talk about, well, it's always about the blacks. The problem is we've already paid our reparations. In 1871, General Grant created the agreement, which was always the – okay, let me go back in history just one more one, – one little leap real quick. The moment that we conceived the idea that we no longer needed the, the crown to rule over us and we were going to be an individual country that gave the people a representative government, a, a true constitutional republic – we were already being attacked at that moment. We were being attacked from when we wrote the Declaration of Independence. We were, we were attacked when we won. Even though we won the, the, the war, we were already being attacked and undermined. So we are being attacked today by everybody trying to say that the Masons were the one that signed all the, uh, the Declaration of Independence, but only a little over half were Masons. But yet at that time in history, nine out of ten men were Masons in our society, but yet only a less than a little over half were actually Masons that signed the Christian independence. So people want to try to say masonry runs the world. It's a shiny object while bell worshipers are out there sacrificing your children right in front of your face. Right. So the problem is, is it's a shiny object of things because, oh, it's got to be the masons. Masons are losing 100 men to death for every one they bring in as a new member. So please tell me how they're ruling the world. But let's go. I digress. The idea that, that in 1871, we went into this agreement with the, the city of London, mm-hmm. which, by the way, the city of London is not part of England. And the Vatican, and again, the Vatican's not part of that country either. And Washington, D.C. Again, Washington, D.C. is not part of America. It's a district of Columbia. It's our corporate, it's our corporate head. The right. 10 square miles that, they, that is there, yeah, there was symbolism of masonry in there because 9 out of 10 men were masons, and the architects who were involved in that, real architects, the guys who were designing the buildings, were, were masons. And so they, they were influenced by what they understood and knew. But if you, the, the sad part of it is, is we get caught up in the shiny object of that. Right. But Washington, D.C. is not America. So in that time when he took in 1871 and went to the agreement with those two other entities, our sovereignty as a nation was undermined. And UCC, the Universal Commercial Code, became the way that we do things. And that's where the black robe judges see before that. You can go watch. You can watch and look into history where men had long hair, long beards, and they wore suit coats. And that's what they were as judges, as lawyers, and as men in the society. But when we put under 1871, the crown put their authority into our country under the black robe judges. And they were wearing white wigs for a long time, but they kept the robes. The British Accredited Register, the Bar Association, the British Accredited Register, I mean, British is giving you a credit that you are under this register of people that can administer law. Do you see right. how that works? So that happened. Go ahead. Well, the, no, are we t- is this the the I believe if I'm remembering correctly, isn't it there the Act of 1870? Isn't isn't this what we're talking about? That there's the one, right? The Act, and that's essentially that's the same thing we're discussing here. So that ushered every in, everything in from the Court of Administration to the abolishment, basically, of our Constitution and our constitutional rights. And so that's and, why you and, don't have. That's why when you go to a court nowadays, you don't feel like you get justice because there is no justice there. And so this is where, again, brings back to the concept. So the kind of overarching point of the sovereign citizen perspective is that, you know, there's there's narratives and statements, but essentially we're just we broadly in very egregious ways misunderstand what these like the bar exam, for example, means. We Your just think it's- ignorance of the law is no excuse. And because yeah. they know you don't know how they work. And you make a fool of yourself. They laugh their way as you. They plead you. You. You find they find you guilty. They. They. They fine you. They do whatever. They take your life away because they know that you don't know the rules that they actually operate. Under. 
Very interesting. So the act of 1871, and now this is where we talk about the country as people argue becoming a corporation versus whatever it was before. Could you touch on that? Okay. So that we were a constitutional Republic and basically in reality, laws or rules or regulations or guidelines only have power. If you give them power, if you go in and you give them power, you give them this, you give them that, then that's how that works. You, they, it works that way. So if we were to walk away from the universal commercial code and we went back to a constitutional republic and we said this is the only way we're going to listen and the policy enforcers, the police officers actually obeyed the constitution that they actually they actually have an oath to, we could this country could turn around in a second. We don't need laws to go to freedom. We don't need laws to, to create our, our, our liberties. Those are ours. And then nobody's handing out big buckets of freedom. So we have to take those. Right. We have to be mine. So I'm I'm and we're not even really into the whole minutia of secure party credit and UCC one and understanding the commercial code. I'm just giving you the history and the how we've gotten here and the exhausting part of over explaining how these people have literally misused us and misrepresented themselves as being, you know, law abiding citizens when they're breaking what is considered to be our law right. because they're only obeying their law of administration. Well, and see, that's and that's the most I mean, the, the interesting part about this is just how it's just it's it's a grand illusion from the very beginning of all of this. And we operate. But this is why this is so important to me for people to understand that you if there if we live in a situation where they don't even honor the laws that we believe are the foundation for this country, how then can you form a response to that that would have any standing for them right that's kind of what i want to get in because the history as you mentioned is very important that's really what i want people to see because the as you said the minutiae of this is hard for people to wrap their minds around so i'm trying to kind of give them an understanding of it so to my that question what do you think so the so the the analogy right we use uh, uh mind images and and different things to create a correlation right so in reality when you think about okay well if you were fouled right Everybody stops. Everybody stands on the side of the line. You stand at the free throw line. You get a chance to throw your ball, right? Mm -hmm. And hopefully you make it because then you're being benefited of being left alone. Well, what it is is that's an actual legal process, okay? So you were fouled. Now everybody leaves you alone. You do your own thing. Well, if I could say, well, there's certain documentations I can file with the treasury. By the way, listen to these things. I'm getting ready to say there's a treasury in Puerto Rico. There's a treasury in New York, U.S. Treasury. When you file your UCC, your Universal Commercial Code 1 and 3 with a treasury in Puerto Rico and a treasury in New York, uh, when you see that, 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 that process and you send the paperwork and then they fill it out and they give you your number and then they send it back to you, you see that the process works. The problem with a lot of times is, and I'm going to go off a little bit off of this original subject to this, is that the problem with people calling themselves a jural or a i'm a state national i'm a state national well i can say i'm an attack helicopter i can say i'm a them i can say i'm a his whiz piz lgbtyq whatever right I, I, that's just my opinion and most of the world's gonna go whatever well that's the same way that the legal system looks at it unless you have some type of legal documentation that says i am an attack helicopter it's just me and my opinion, right? And a lot of people don't realize that your your state nationals go down the process of UCC process, but then they stop short. And they, there's a whole other process. And I actually have been learning even more about W-4s and other things like that where you can discharge your debt because your debt is actually not legal either. And when they give, when they are putting you under debt with something that is fictitious, it's not actually legal. According to the Universal Commercial Code, according to our own laws, 
you cannot be put into debt with something that doesn't that that, that is not real. And if our fiat currency is not real, then how could you be in debt for something that they they don't even have themselves? And if they didn't have the the, the wealth or whatever it was to begin with to then put you under debt, then they can't hold you in debt. And if it's a false or fake uh, ownership that they put you under, you can't you can't be in debt to them. And this is all part of our law. Yeah, I'm just fascinated by this because it's just so like so like the the obvious question for somebody is. Like, let's just let's make this a very, very specific example. So let's just take like the birth certificate, the driver's license. Let's say there's a child that's born that never engages with any of those things, grows up and is driving a car down the street. Right. They they don't have any of these things and they know and they have all the right terminology. So walk me through how that works and how they could actually go ahead. How they can actually. Yeah, 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 you're right. So so here's the problem with it is, is the terminology doesn't do you any good. Unless you have the documentation that has been filed within the system, okay, that's interesting. That, that officer works in. Okay, so if so he pulls up to where it's happening, right? So if he pulls up your driver's license and he sees that, oh, okay, oh, 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 hey, hey, have a good day, sir. <laughs> um, that's the only way you're going to get that. If you stamp with, on your stuff or you do whatever, and you're just like, you know, I, I'm not part of it, man. I'm out. Mm -hmm. he's going to go like bet I bet you're going to be part of this watch this and the sad part of it is is that we have to be mindful that until you educate the judicial system which is the DAs the judges the policy enforcers the sheriffs the marshals your state police until they have an education system that actually changes that Mm. you can say you can say whatever you want you can have Jesus sitting there next to you he's like hey no this is my you know he's protected and they're going to like oh Jesus you're going to handcuffs too these guys don't understand and let me give you one more thing why this is so effective in our today's society they have shown that the last 20 it started 40 years ago and and 20 years ago every single police department in America if you have a higher than 120 IQ you will not pass the police exam <laughs> Now, why is that important? Because you're a doer, not a thinker. Those of us that think yep. and do things outside of our head that have a running narrative in our head are different than those that are asleep. 27% of the entire world's population, only 27% have a running narrative in their head where they think outside of the conversation they're having. Hmm. Now, if you think about that, that, that'll that hurt your brain. Yeah, Because that means that if I'm not talking to someone, it's a dial tone. There's nothing going on. It's just blank. Like they're not instigating thought in their own head. Hmm. So if you think that the this policy enforcer that walks up to you has a lower than 120 IQ, do you believe that you're going to get the water boy to stop going for the ball? Give me the ball. Go get me a ticket. Go get me a rest. Do what you're told. Okay, I'll go get you a ticket. I'll get you to rest. I'll come back. That's what we're dealing with, folks. And I'm not trying to say police are bad people. But the problem is, is that there are doers. And a lot of those people that go into that, honestly, are people that were abused and, and picked on in high school. And doesn't mean that bullying and all that stuff is going to ever stop because we're humans and we're crappy to each other. But the reality of it is, is when they've, then they've designed the system to make sure that certain doers are going to be there to do it without question. Now you see how we arrested people for not wearing a mask about mm-hmm. something that never was going to kill us to begin with. Right, right. And so this all comes down to the fact that, as you pointed out, this person, you know, when you give him all the right information, possibly even the right documents, he may not even care or be aware enough to engage with that process. And so it comes down to the point that 
until we can, as you made clear, change that understanding of it. It's and so this, you know, what's interesting. This brings me to the point about what I think what we need in this COVID conversation, as well as anything else. Historically, and let me know if you agree with this. It always seems to come down to changing the minds of the enforcement arm, and when that shifts, things truly begin to change. And that's kind of what you're talking about: is informing them that they're doing the wrong thing, informing them that they don't even understand their own laws. Right. And so, how do we make that happen in your mind? Well, here's the thing: it's called changing religion. So if I'm telling you that you have been trained in your in your in your course of being a police, so first of all, you want to be a cop, so you've done some security guard crap, and you've done some. I was a bouncer, you know, and then and I, again, don't don't get mad at me. I know that everybody doesn't take the same path, and don't get all don't get all you know err at me. But the thing is, and then you go take your policeman's exam, and you go into your training. All of your training is no different than going to Sunday school or going to, into an educational process where you're being taught this is how you this is how you get them to admit guilt. This is how you get them to admit to a crime. This is how you everything is taught about getting you. It's a it's a it's a gotcha. It's a catch twenty two for you constantly, and that's how they're trained. And if you go up to them and say, "Listen, you don't have to do that," they're like, "No, no, I was told that I always do this. This is how I always do it. You can't tell me different. Jesus is my God. Jesus is my savior." And I'm not putting down God or Jesus. Don't please everybody. Just stop. You know, send your complaints to Jim Price at the Jim Price You know, anyway. <laughs> um, but the idea is that when you've got a guy who's been trained and he's passed a course, and he was given a diploma and he was given a gun. And then they spend a hundred thousand dollars equipping and buying him a car and putting him on patrol. And he gets to have a little badge and a license and, a, and he gets to have a little cool kid's card. And he's got a little, my business card. And then you say, Hey, by the way, all that's bullshit. You know, then he's like, no, it's not. That's mm -hmm. my job. That's my job. I'm a, I'm a policeman. You can't tell me. And it's even more than just the job. It's that his identity is invested in that concept. Bingo. Yeah. And then you, and you're going to tell that guy in, in three seconds at the standing there at your car window that he's wrong. Right. Right. You're going to do that. You got, you got, you got thousands of hours of, of ex life experience and, and hour and hundreds of hours of training and all these things. And then you're going to tell him you're wrong and he's going to just listen to you wildly. He has to find out why that is, and until he's penalized right. with something, which you can do through Universal Commercial Code, you can use. That's where the bonds thing. See, the bonds for the wind is actually a parallel of secure party creditor hmm. to be able to go in and take their bond because they know under Universal Commercial Code that a bond is actually something, and it means something, and it actually it, it's actually there to protect the individual that is bonded uh, from persecution or liability and so the the bonds for the win where they took people out of authority positions well the police officers have one the judges have one the da's have one but nobody's ever going after them they're going after the school board but why aren't we going after da's who over prosecute why aren't we going after police officers every guy that came into my house the 12 police officers that came into my house were all on the brady giglio list meaning they cannot testify in open court They've already been known to be fake and false, that they should not be on patrol and they should not have a job, but wow. they're allowed to continue to be police officers. They just never write a case, so they have to go to court. And if they do have to go to court, they, 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 they drop the case. So this is the problem. This, this, is the, this is the problem. We don't, we're not going after the right people because, well, mm -hmm. the thin blue line, thin blue line. This is changing religion. This is changing how we think. And so all these conversations take time. I have been kind of on this path since a freshman high school, I thought I asked why the, the, the district of Columbia wasn't a part of America. 
mm-hmm. and I couldn't get good answers out of it. So I always had this kind of, I, Hey, I was in the Marine ROTC. I, I'm a disabled vet. I was in the Air Force. I was an F-16 maintenance specialist, crew chief. I love my country. I was a DOD contractor because I love my country. So don't ever think for a second I don't love America. But when I knew that there was something not right with the Corporation of America and things like that, I felt like there was a lie, something deceitful out there. Right. And this is the core point that I always try to make for people is that there's a big difference. And I think this is one of the biggest intentional illusions today. There's a huge difference between the government and the country. And they yeah. love to make those two things the same, right? Because right. we, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big, a staunch believer in the concepts, the constitution, you know, and, and, and that they, whether or not they were genuine at the time in those people's minds, they've taken root in a lot of us as things that we believe can work and that can make a difference, yeah. you know, and that the government wants you to think that they're, as you make the point in today, as well as our previous discussion, that they're doling out these freedoms as opposed to them being inherent. And I think that's, yeah, you know, it's exactly right. You you gotta you have to think about this differently. You're being gaslighted. Well, I only hit you because I love you. Hmm. I only put you in cuffs because I want what's best for you. I put you in a square room because you had a license that was suspended and you were driving on a suspended license in the state of Kansas. If you had three suspended licenses in a lifetime, that's a one year mandatory jail time Ooh. for an administrative crime for a fine. That's crazy. So the idea that if the city, county, state, and the federal government cannot be a, 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 a party to a, a victim to any crime, then how is it that it says the state versus you? Right. How is it your name is in bold types on those documents? How is it if you're an individual, if you have, if you have individual freedoms and individual liberties, if you are uh, given God-given inalienable rights, God, uh, rights that cannot be given away or taken away, how can you plead guilty and give away your rights? So these all these answers are right in front of our face and they know it. Your ignorance of the law is no defense. And they know that. Right. Well, I I think this is this. This brings me into the COVID-19 part of this, you know, is that right now that's where my mind was at when I asked that question is we're watching a lot shift and in a lot of positive ways, too. And we're really starting to wake up to what's happening. And I think one of the big things was that whether we're talking the nurse frontline or the, you know, the, the, the police, a lot of these people started to really see what we were talking about military. Right. So, so is this the beginning of that shift? And is that why things in your mind are becoming so aggressive oh. over the top? Oh yeah. So now the problem is, is yeah, now that they, it's like, uh, if you, if you're, if you're playing a game and you know that they're just blowing you up on the wide receiver, right. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to double team that guy, triple team that guy. Right. You're going to make sure that guy does. You might even go up there and try to blow that guy's knee out, right? You might make sure that you push him out of bounds so he can't be the first guy to touch the ball when he comes back in. Right. So why would that be any different for them, how they're treating us when we're trying to go get our freedom? Are they going to hamstring us? They're going to blow out our knee. They're going to push us out of bounds. They're going to make you a criminal. The th- this, here's a sad part. You know what this is? And when I was running for office, I was charged with amazing crimes that they immediately dropped. And then they came in and raided my house again to show that I'm a habitual. And then they took the charges from the original one that they dropped and brought them back. And, and so, guys, what they charged me was was for a digital scale in my house for paraphernalia because my son had pot in his, house, in his room. So my son just moves back in. It's all coinkadink, right? Oh, it just happened to be my son moved back in. It just happened they charged me with the paraphernalia, and they just happened to overcharge me, and they happened to – guys, it's done purposely because they want to tear you down and make you less than. They know you're dangerous. They know you're effective, and they're going to come after you. I have – if you took Roger Stone's story, you took President Trump's story, you took General Flynn's story, you mashed them all together, even with Trump's raids, 
you still don't have as bad as what they've done to me. Hmm. All over the fact is I ran for office. They were terrified of me in such a way, and they will overplay their hands. They'll show you. Look at this tyranny we went through. With It's been the greatest thing ever. It was like I was telling people, hey, this is happening to me. Well, Jim, they wouldn't do that if that was re- – yeah, what did you really do? And I'm like, screw you. I have an above-top secret security – I have above-top secret security clearance. I'm not dealing drugs, folks. I'm making <laughs> lots of money. I was very, I had a, I was very wealthy at the time. I had, literally, guys, I've lost everything. I have sold off all my classic cars. I have lost my social groups. I have lost my retirement. I was going to be retired, uh, fully retired. I was going to have, I was like, when I say fully retired, within the next couple of years, I mean like say long, like never come back to the corporate world or anything. I was going to, I had already calculated all that. I knew exactly what I had to have. I knew where I was going to be. I was going to be gone. I don't, I guys, I, to travel to Tennessee, I I had to wait for donations to come in because I didn't have the extra money for it because this is what they do to your lives. Right. And so if you're a danger, you're going to be a victim. And that's what this, that's why I got into the secure party creditor stuff. That's why I got into the, you know, understanding what the UCC stuff is about when I started understanding. And so if you're will, if you're willing to play in their their little court and you're playing the game by them, then you could pull yourself out of it and you can be that. But it takes effort and they're always changing the rules, they're always moving the ball, moving the goalposts, or doing all this stuff. And you have to adjust to it and keep moving. Even though I filed my paperwork, I have to continue refiling it to update to the new the new codes. Interesting. Well, I think this is a good place to kind of wrap. I think that people have a good understanding of this. I have one good question for you though, is that after all of this, Seeing as how prior, I'm assuming what you're discussing was prior COVID-19, right? Okay. So, so that essentially my question is, do you feel that people looking back on that story now or speaking with people about it today, are you seeing people more willing to accept that it is exactly what you're saying because of my, I guess I think that COVID has opened people's minds, the illusion they're in to many more things than just COVID. So before they might've said, oh, it probably happened for a reason. Are people now more accepting to that story? Absolutely. It's been the most breathtaking thing, taking thing for me. I had 10.2 million people on Facebook uh, in 2019, and I, I called it throttling, and I was telling people about it, and they're like, oh, yeah, what is that? That's not real. I, I can see your stuff. Um, the problem was is that they were just crushing my numbers. We are seeing a true upset, uh, uh, adaptation to people accepting that their government is not here to help. Right. We're really seeing people really adapt to this. In fact, uh, one of the ladies that was there uh, with Mary Crowley, her husband was fully jabbed and boosted. And she goes, my husband this weekend came to me and says, that, that government, that, 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 that government chemical is dangerous. It's a poison. And the, what it was, was the bills guy that, yeah. that put it in his brain where he's seen that and it scared him. And now he's looking at things differently. And now there are products that can pull that stuff out of your body. that can pull the graphene hydroxide. And by the way, it's graphene hydroxide. See, they got us again, not mm. graphene oxide, graphene hydroxide. So they got you to lie. See, it's all this wordplay, but no, the adaptation to the world around us and the things that we get to see now are amazing. And it's a great time to be alive. So yes, there's going to be horrible things coming. Yes, they're going to try to blow your knees out. Yes, they're going to try to get you out of bounds. Yes, they're going to try to arrest you, but we will win. We are seeing amazing, amazing stuff. I am so optimistic about the future. We're going to have to battle. We're gonna to have to get in there. We're gonna to have to try. We're gonna keep. We gotta keep just talking, talking, talking as much as we can. But we will win. I wholeheartedly agree. And and that, final point is just that it's interesting the hydroxide oxide conversation. I am absolutely convinced that this is a counter. That there, these are efforts to try to put false information out 
partial information around a true story ahead of time. So people dismiss these things. And I think it's happening a lot. Do you agree with that? That's exactly the the true definition of gaslighting. Well, yeah, you were there, but you didn't do that. Well, no, I saw you, but you were wearing a red shirt, not a blue shirt. Well, no, I saw you. Your hair was a little bit of a mess. It was it's these little inaccuracies uh, that they just touch you with. And then it causes you to be unstable and you start doubting. Mm-hmm. And that's all it is. Gaslight. Right, right. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Jim. I really enjoyed the conversation. And I, re- I really do think that this is going to begin this journey for a lot of people to understand the yeah. surface level conversation. Because there's, as you know, you could probably talk for five hours and more oh, about yeah. <laughs> there is nuance. So- to go in well and it's how you act and it's it's no different like i said it's no different to religion you're gonna have to change how you think about something mm-hmm. absolutely well anything you want to leave us with today in regard to upcoming events uh you know social media links anything like that for people to check out yeah so it's the gym um i'm on ruku i'm on facebook i'm on i'm not on youtube anymore but i'm on clout hub if you want to go anywhere uncensored clouthub.com clout hub the app for clout hub c-l-o-u-t-h-u-b uncensored which i have a channel over there 149 you can go in there post anything you want there is no censorship jeff brain is a ceo over there fantastic guy guys uh i am getting ready to, to move over to pigeon forge uh for bright on tv my show the jim price show will still continue on there but I, they're picking me up as a network and i've had some really great opportunities i do a midday radio show in upstate new york uh part of batavia rochester and buffalo guys the Going and listening to what is going on out there is essential to making you a better uh, person and help you have a better argument against the the crap that we have in our days. And this is a great time to be alive. Do not ever hesitate to believe that. Yes, there are horrible things going on, but we will win. Uh, And always do more for others than you expect in return. Be selfless, not selfish, and the world will be a far better place. Here, here. Thank you. And great, great way to end it. And I'm glad to see that you're, that you're getting the, you know, that you're coming back up in the, the media and everything else after all that happened. So it's good, it's good to hear good to end on a positive note. Well, yeah. thank you, Jim. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we can speak more in the future. And as always, everybody out there question everything, come to your own conclusions. Absolutely. Stay, stay vigilant. Thank you.